Today is the 27th day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you today as we gather for another day. Another step forward on the journey through the scriptures this year. And that will bring us back to the book of Leviticus where we left off yesterday. Today, chapter 20, verse 22, through 22, verse 16. Keep all my decrees and laws and follow them, so that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. You must not live according to the customs of the nations I am going to drive out before you. Because they did all these things, I abhorred them. But I said to you, you will possess their land. I will give it to you as an inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from the nations. You must therefore make a distinction between clean and unclean animals and between unclean and clean birds. Do not defile yourselves by any animal or bird or anything that moves along the ground. Those that I have set apart as unclean for you. You are to be holy to me, because I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. A man or woman who is a medium or spiritist among you must be put to death. You are to stone them. Their blood will be on their own heads. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests the sons of Aaron, and say to them, A priest must not make himself ceremonially unclean for any of his people who die, except for a close relative, such as his mother or father, his son or daughter, his brother, or an unmarried sister who is dependent on him, since she has no husband. For her he may make himself unclean. He must not make himself unclean for people related to him by marriage, and so defile himself. Priests must not shave their heads or shave off the edges of their beards or cut their bodies. They must be holy to their God and must not profane the name of their God. Because they present the food offerings to the Lord, the food of their God, they are to be holy. They must not marry women defiled by prostitution or divorced from their husbands because priests are holy to their God. Regard them as holy because they offer up the food of your God. Consider them holy because I, the Lord, am holy, I who make you holy. If a priest's daughter defiles herself by becoming a prostitute, she disgraces her father. She must be burned in the fire. The high priest, the one among his brothers who has the anointing oil poured on his head and who has been ordained to wear the priestly garments, must not let his hair become unkempt or tear his clothes. He must not enter a place where there is a dead body. He must not make himself unclean, even for his father or mother, nor leave the sanctuary of his God or desecrate it, because he has been dedicated by the anointing oil of his God. I am the Lord. The woman he marries must be a virgin. He must not marry a widow, a divorced woman, or a woman defiled by prostitution, but only a virgin from his own people, so that he will not defile his offspring among his own people. 
I am the Lord who makes him holy. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, For the generations to come, none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food of his God. No man who has any defect may come near. No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed. No man with a crippled foot or hand, or who has a hunchback or a dwarf, or who has an eye defect, or who has festering or running sores or damaged testicles. No descendant of Aaron the priest who has any defect is to come near to present the food offerings to the Lord. He has a defect. He must not come near to offer the food of his God. He may eat the most holy food of his God, as well as the holy food, yet because of his defect, he must not go near the curtain or approach the altar, and so desecrate my sanctuary. I am the Lord who makes them holy. So Moses told this to Aaron and his sons and to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to treat with respect the sacred offerings the Israelites consecrate to me, so they will not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, For the generations to come, if any of your descendants is ceremonially unclean and yet comes near the sacred offerings that the Israelites consecrate to the Lord, that person must be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. If a descendant of Aaron has a defiling skin disease or a bodily discharge, he may not eat the sacred offerings until he is cleansed. He will also be unclean if he touches something defiled by a corpse or by anyone who has an emission of semen or if he touches any crawling thing that makes him unclean or any person who makes him unclean. Whatever the uncleanness may be, the one who touches any such thing will be unclean till evening. He must not eat any of the sacred offerings unless he has bathed himself with water. When the sun goes down, he will be clean, and after that he may eat the sacred offerings, for they are his food. He must not eat anything found dead or torn by wild animals, and so become unclean through it. I am the Lord." The priests are to perform my service in such a way that they do not become guilty and die for treating it with contempt. I am the Lord who makes them holy. No one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offering, nor may the guest of a priest or his hired worker eat it. But if a priest buys a slave with money, or if slaves are born in his household, they may eat his food. If a priest's daughter marries anyone other than a priest, she may not eat any of the sacred contributions. But if a priest's daughter becomes a widow or is divorced, yet has no children, and she returns to live in her father's household as in her youth, she may eat her father's food. No unauthorized person, however, may eat it. Anyone who eats a sacred offering by mistake must make restitution to the priest for the offering and add a fifth of the value to it. The priests must not desecrate the sacred offerings the Israelites present to the Lord by allowing them to eat the sacred offerings and so bring upon them guilt requiring payment. I am the Lord who makes them holy. Mark 
9, 1 through 29. And he said to them, Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God is come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, Why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything... Take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. 
Psalm 43 Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10, 18 Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. Wow, so let's talk about that for a second. The Proverbs, because that that can force the day to slow down a second, if we'll let it, and and bring us to a point of consideration inside of ourselves. Like, do you have people in your life that you don't like, or maybe that you can't stand? Um, just problem people for whatever reason, and maybe you've been offended in some way, and that's that's left an offense that's kind of shaped itself into bitterness and it's been simmering. All right. Like it's just stewing inside you toward that person. I'm sure like, I know, I, I believe we've all had like those kinds of experiences, but what happens? What do we do with it? Cause a lot of times we find ourselves like, like turning up the heat so that it boils even more by reliving the whole thing in our minds over and over and over. And of course, in those conversations, we have all the right things to say. And as we reach this boiling point, oh, we get this need to for vengeance, right? Retribution. And then if if we'll we'll catch ourselves in that moment, we'll realize we're being pulled in a lot of unhealthy directions. And then maybe we act out, we shred that person. We shred them. We we get retribution by calling all of their friends or our friends, our colleagues, and just shred them while, while we just pretend that everything's fine to their face. And that's not healthy. We know it's not healthy, but we need to be right. And so that just pulls us in all kinds of crazy, unhealthy directions. The proverb says, whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool so like in that light we have to consider these things and just you know wonder whether or not this is at the level that we should be pulled into the direction of becoming a liar and a fool over because the stark truth is it takes a lot more energy to keep reliving this thing over and over and spreading gossip around than it takes to just move toward reconciliation and have the conversation humbly with, with, the, with the one who has offended us or that we have offended. 
And even if that doesn't fix it, even if that doesn't fix anything, it's better than being a liar and a fool. And so the Bible confronts us. Bible confronts us in all kinds of ways if we're looking for it. And things like this, we can bristle up and think of situations and be like, well, you just don't, you know. And we have all the justifications. And, and we tell ourselves all kinds of things that aren't true. And we believe the things we tell ourselves that aren't true sometimes. Proverbs has a way of like cutting through the crap because it can touch us in one sentence and it can be in our hearts before we can stop it. And it's not there to make us squirm or condemn us. It's there. It's just there. It's just speaking the truth. It's thousands of years old and it's just sitting there speaking the truth. It doesn't care whether we don't like it. Like we get to decide as wisdom speaks from the Proverbs, we get to decide at the crossroads whether we're going to listen. But if we pay attention, maybe, maybe we bring restoration instead of destruction. And so Holy Spirit, we invite you into that. Oh, come Holy Spirit. The nuances of human relationships are much more complicated than we can even possibly comprehend. And so without your Holy Spirit to kind of guide and lead us, there's just no telling what we'll do. And we know that. And so we're coming here and surrendering our, our language to you for consideration. The things that were harboring in our hearts and saying to ourselves and then speaking out that may not be helpful in any conceivable way. Come Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com that's home base. It's the website. It's where you find out what's going on around here. And so, indeed, check it out. Uh, check out the Daily Audio Bible Shop. There are resources there in, in a number of categories that you can observe and participate in. And thank you so deeply. Whether that's to take the journey deeper or to take the journey wider, it's there for the journey. And so, check out the Daily Audio Bible Shop. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, Thank you humbly for your partnership. Couldn't be here if we weren't in this together. And so thank you. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the give button in the upper right hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. This is In His Mercy from Alberta, Canada. 
I'd like to lift Heather from Texas up in prayer. Her father-in-law is living in her home and is quite abusive to her. Her husband is also abusive. Heavenly Father, I lift Heather up to you. I pray that you would change the hearts of her husband and her father-in-law, that they would see the beautiful person that she is and treat her with kindness and the respect that she deserves. Love her, please. Pamela, resting in the Lord in Pennsylvania, also has an abusive husband, and she is staying in her marriage. Her son is out on the streets again and does this when he's not wanting to live. Pamela has fibromyalgia, lupus, and some other health problems. Pamela, I lift you up to the Lord, you and your son. I pray that you will get the help that you and your son need before it's too late. Although I do not know your whole situation, I worry that something devastating could happen to you or your son or to both of you. Heavenly Father, I lift Heather and Pamela up to you and I pray that you would guide them, give them strength to seek out your will. And if that is, get, if that is getting help, I pray that you will guide them in the right direction. I am keeping both of you in my prayers. God bless you. I love you, sisters. This is Manahath for Maureen. I am a first-time caller from Missouri. Please pray for my sister, Kathy. She is in the critical care unit at the hospital battling a blood infection while she is also battling stage 4 ovarian cancer. Pray for her salvation and for a miraculous healing. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my sister, Kathy. Thank you. Hello, my wonderful DAB family. This is Rosie, a.k.a. Great to be free in Jesus. Today is February 23rd, and the scripture reference from today is Mark 6, 47 through 51. When we're facing serious problems, we tend to do what the disciples did. We, we row harder. We try to come up with strategies and plans to still the storm in our child's life. We worry. We talk to our friends and to counselors. We struggle against what sometimes seems like gale force winds, pushing back against our wise counsel. It's precisely when we or one of our kids is in deep trouble that we are in the place to see and experience Christ as never before. In the storm, we come to, end, to the end of ourselves. Jesus comes to us in a way that no mere human could, unlimited by human power or strategies. He comes as the only one who has the power to either still the storm or preserve us through it. He climbs into the boat with us and tells us that we don't have to be afraid because He is here. Lord, we often find ourselves in serious trouble with no ability to make any progress on our own. We need you to come to us in the way that only you can. Make your presence known to us in the midst of the storm. Calm our fears. Take us from little faith to firm faith, confident in your power to save and preserve us and our family. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Good morning, DAV family. This is Saved by Grace. In California, I'd like to lift up that family and that young man that's um, missing from uh, Virginia Tech. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just lift up this young man to you, Father God, and I pray, Lord, 
that you would be with him, Father God, that you would keep him safe and protect him, Father God. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would just um, lead those that are searching for him, Father God, to him, Father God. Give them wisdom and discernment as to the clues and whatever it is, Father God. I just pray for divine intervention that this young man will be found safe, whole, Father God, that no hurt, harm, or danger will come upon him, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I pray for the family, Father God, you comfort them, remove all anxiety, worry, and fear from them, Father God, and then replace it with your love. Let your love just shower upon them, letting them know, Father God, that they are not alone in this circumstance, Father God, but that you are right there with them, right in the middle holding them, directing them. Guide the police, the detectives, and everyone on that search party, Father God, that he would be found, Father God. And we're claiming victory over this in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for answering prayer. Amen.